Hi, folks. I'm Mitch Weiss. I'm Peggy Reed. And we're back with our third homemade podcast brought to you by the Pain in the Assets course and Rutgers Arts Online. Education loans are a way of life for most college students. In fact, both Peggy and I funded our degrees that way. Over the years, though, the increasing cost of higher education has led to an explosion in student loan debt. It's become a serious problem for many college graduates because there are only so many dollars to go around in our household budgets. The more dollars that our loan payments consume, the less that are available for other things like rent and food. Lately, this matter has captured some high-profile attention on the campaign trail and in the most recently passed Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, also known as CARES. On the campaign trail, several of the Democratic presidential contenders have called for partial or even complete forgiveness of some $1.6 trillion worth of student loans that are currently on the books. The CARES Act provides for a six-month interest-free moratorium on student loan payments, but only for the Federal Direct, Federal Family Education, and Perkins Loans Programs. CARES does not care about the money that you have borrowed from banks and other private sector lenders. Not only that, but from a practical sense, and this is where some students are getting confused, CARES does not come into play for those who are graduating next month. That's because the payment moratorium ends on September 30th. Typically, student loan payments don't begin until six months after you leave school. So if you graduate in May, your payments won't begin until November two months after the CARES moratorium ends. And as far as the campaign trail is concerned, who knows if any of those ideas will come to pass. But it doesn't mean that you don't have options for repaying your student loans. In the first half of the course, we talk about strategies for controlling the amount you borrow, which we urge that you only do from the federal government. That's because the government is the only lender to put into place income-driven repayment plans for those who are struggling financially. First things first, though, before you graduate, go to the student loan repayment page on the government's studentaid.gov site and click on the link to find the administrator that will be servicing your plan. Then contact that organization and confirm the date that your payments are scheduled to begin, along with the amount you'll need to remit each month. At that point, you should begin a conversation about the steps needed to enroll in one of the government's income-driven plans if that becomes necessary. The reason this is important to explore ahead of time is because the standard repayment program spans 10 years, while an income-driven plan can stretch that to as many as 25. The longer the term, the lower the monthly payments. Income-driven plans are just that. Your loan payments are calculated to reasonably live within a household budget that's based upon your earnings. What's more, Entering into one of those plans before you run into trouble won't affect your credit score. If anything, it'll help because you have enough left over to pay your other bills. Just know that you'll need to recertify your eligibility for these special plans every year. If you don't, you'll end up bouncing back to your original payment. There's also another special plan under the government's student loan program. It's called Public Service Loan Forgiveness, and it's available to those who work full-time for a government entity or an eligible nonprofit organization, such as an inner-city school system. Under the Public Service Plan, your loan balance is forgiven after 120 months of payments. Now, while the standard repayment plan only runs for that long, 
As Mitch just said, an income-driven repayment plan can stretch that for more than twice the duration. So borrowers who are enrolled in one of those plans and who are eligible to participate in the forgiveness program can have their remaining obligation forgiven well before their loans will have come to term. Last but not least, for those who will still be in school for a while, see if you could manage to pay the interest that's accruing on your loans. Recall that in the first podcast, I talked about negative amortization, where the interest that does not get paid on a loan is added to the loan balance, and new interest is charged on top of that. By paying the interest that's accruing along the way, you limit the amount you owe to only that which you borrowed in the first place. Well, that does it for today. Thank you for tuning in. Stay safe and be well. 